I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. It's your Yahoo Sports Canada daily podcast for Monday, November 11th. But first, sports. Welcome to a new week, Canada. It is Remembrance Day today, so take a moment in remembrance. I'll be talking to Blake Murphy in just a moment about a wild Toronto Raptors game last night in Los Angeles against the Lakers, as well as tonight's matchup against Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. The Maple Leafs played a back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. Don Cherry put his foot firmly back into his mouth on Coach's Corner. Plus, Toronto FC took their shot to win a second MLS Cup in three years We'll see how that went. But first, the champions, the Toronto Raptors. They had a terrible start to the weekend. Against the New Orleans Pelicans on Friday, they lost Kyle Lowry to a fracture in his left thumb, the same thumb he'd injured in the playoffs and had surgery on in the offseason, but in an unrelated injury. And in addition, they lost Serge Ibaka to a sprained ankle that was apparently pretty bad. He's going to leave this road trip and head back to Toronto to big pieces of a rotation that head coach Nick Nurse had said before he really only liked eight members of anyway and that was when Pat McCaw was fully healthy so it would be no fault from you or from anybody if you looked at the all the pieces they had in the Raptors lineup against a fully healthy seven and one Lakers team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Danny Green and thought well this is a schedule loss they're probably going to have a tough time on the road trip but what does Alex Wong say He says, never underestimate the heart of a champion. The Raptors ride a huge third quarter and got out a double-digit win over the Lakers. A great game across the board. Really, anybody you can name on this team had a great moment or two, at least, if not extended. Uh, They all stepped up. And the time they're about to go through without Lowry and Ibaka means a lot of the members of the bottom part of this rotation are going to find themselves playing big minutes in big moments at one point or another. And who better to talk about the bottom of the rotation than Blake Murphy of The Athletic? We will start with the starters. What did this pair of openings in the rotation with Lowry and Ibaka going down, what does that mean for the top part of the Raptors roster? Yeah, it's a lot of extra pressure on Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. And, and you'll feel that with other guys, too. They're going to ask Marcus Saul to play make a little bit more. Norman Powell's probably going to start. Um, OGN and OB, you know, might get more usage thrown his way. But the two main ones are Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. Van Vliet's now the lead point guard. He's not a co-point guard. Uh, he's going to be up around 35, 40 minutes most games. And he's going to be running the most pick and rolls and have the balls in the, the ball in his hands the most. So uh, big opportunity for him ahead of a contract year to show in a couple weeks here that he can run a playoff team as the lead point guard. And and then Siakam, we've seen all year his usage jump from about 20% to into the 30%, which is superstar range. That might go even higher now. And, you know, that's going to come with some trouble because defenses are going to be even more aggressive loading up on him without Lowry spacing around 
around him uh, without Lowry to run some pick and rolls and get him into favorable situations. So um, we're going to get an even longer look at Siakam. And, and I think he's going to show, you know, there, there are going to be some bumps and there are bumps in that Lakers game, but you're going to see some growth uh, as he, you know, starts to recognize those patterns and gets comfortable with what he can do as a primary option when, you know, double teams come or when a team throws length at him like an Anthony Davis or something like that. Uh, a lot of, a lot of great tests to come for Pascal. Now, when Patrick McCaw went down, you had the very aptly timed, you said the, the, the eighth man rankings, and you went eight, I believe it was, to 12, and now that bumps up to sixth man, basically. Uh, when you look at the bottom of the roster, we obviously saw Terrence Davis have a, have a great night on Sunday against the Lakers. What do you look at um, for the next little bit where, where, we'll start with the guards, I suppose. Who has the chance to really um, make the most of this time where the guard rotation really opens up? Yeah, I think, you know, all those guys had a good game Sunday, but Terrence Davis is the one who, you know, not only does he have the biggest opportunity in front of him with Lowry and McCaw both down, but I think he's the most important one. He's the only one of those bench guys that you would trust to play some point guard minutes. And look, when they run bench units, you know, that Siakam and bench unit that had such a great run against the Lakers on Sunday, Siakam was really the point guard, but you need an extra ball handler out there. You need an extra guy who can run some pick and roll. Terrence Davis showed some stuff in that game. He had three assists. Um, obviously he found his shot for himself a little bit, uh, a little bit as well, but he had a, a couple nice dump offs, a couple nice, nice reads in the pick and roll. And that, that's huge because what the Raptors are going to need from that spot is a guy who can do that. And then if you look long-term, even once Lowry's back, uh, you know, we were talking about before Lowry went down that they need another guy who can soak up some of those minutes as if not a primary ball handler, a secondary guy. Uh, and then longer term, you know, this is a chance for Davis to carve out a role where once McCaw's back, Davis can be like, well, no, look at this track record. You know, I, I should be the eighth man when everyone's healthy. Uh, big opportunity for him here. I think he's kind of got, you know, the the highest leverage opportunity here for long term role. And on Sunday as well, not to make it too granular to Sunday, but the front court <laughs> minutes as well, sort of uh, in stasis here uh, with with Gasol obviously being established as he is. There really isn't anybody else that has claimed a spot. We saw our first flashes, though, of Rondé Hollis-Jefferson as a useful member of the rotation. Yeah, Hollis-Jefferson has, uh, you know, it's a little curious. He hasn't gotten a chance yet. He has dealt with a groin injury that's had him on and off the shelf and were I to guess, I think maybe that slowed him down in practice. And Nick Nurse has talked about how, you know, those guys are a little behind and none of them had really made a case in practices for a role yet. Maybe the groin was slowing Hollis Jefferson down. He's a guy I was excited that the Raptors got. Uh, you know, he's a he's a plus defender across multiple positions. He's not a shooter by any means, but he can do some things. He's good in the dunker spot. Uh, he can make the next the next pass. I don't know that he's going to be hitting fadeaways and on post ups over Danny Green all that often, um, but he's a useful piece and he's a guy who should fit in a lot of their lineups uh, you know that Siakam and bench lineup had no real center at times but you have Siakam Boucher and Hollis Jefferson out there and it doesn't really matter because you've got so so much length across three kind of power forward types uh, I liked what I saw from him and then I liked what I saw from Boucher as well I think you saw you know there there are still some moments with Boucher where it's like oh yeah that's how a G League MVP cannot be ready for the NBA yet. But you also saw a lot of good, and Boucher offers some good with the bad. And there was way, way more good of it on, on Sunday. And I thought his last time out was the same kind of thing, Friday against New Orleans, where, uh, you know, he's a guy who makes plays happen. And sometimes when you're thinned out this much and you're just trying to get a spark for a couple minutes at a time, a guy who makes a lot of things happen can, can tilt the game the right way. And finally, uh, tonight, it's Raptors. 
Los Angeles Clippers. What do we expect from a very emotional meeting? Well, not emotional. A meeting against Kawhi Leonard. How about that? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be emotionless on, on Kawhi's part, I'm sure. Um, you know, I don't want to be negative coming off of that game, but, you know, Pascal Siaka played 42 minutes, Fred Van Vliet played 39, and this is a back-to-back scenario. Luckily, not a travel back-to-back scenario, but, um, you know, I think the game plan will be fairly similar. I think you're going to see Siakam get a lot of length thrown at him, whether it's Kawhi or, or Patrick Patterson or even Montrez Harrell. Um, you know, you're going to see Van Vliet up against, you know, Van Vliet's, Van Vliet's matchup with the Lakers with A.B. Bradley wasn't exactly easy, and now he's going to probably have Patrick Beverly, one of the best point guard defenders in the league on him. Uh, so more challenges for those guys. They'll probably need to get a little bit more out of Mark Gasol offensively. Uh, and then, you know, the four or five depth guys that, that we saw on Sunday are going to get another chance here because the Raptors, especially on the second night of a back-to-back against a team with as good a bench as the Clippers bench, uh, they run that Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell bench, uh, and that thing is unstoppable on the offensive end. Um, you know, those guys are going to have another opportunity and the Raptors are going to need them to be every bit as good to, to win this one as well. The Raptors, as Blake mentioned, a no travel back to back tonight. They stay in Staples Center and they will take on Kawhi Leonard and the Los Angeles Clippers tonight. The matchup we have waited for all summer. It's finally here tonight in Los Angeles. After that, the Raptors are in Portland on Wednesday. They face the Trailblazers, and then they finish off this road trip on Saturday against Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. The Raptors, the champions, are 7-2. The Maple Leafs had a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back this weekend as well. They came away with one point and a huge injury problem. The Buds lost in a shootout to the Flyers on Saturday, but far more importantly, they lost Mitch Marner. For quite a while, he underwent an MRI yesterday on his ankle. It was gross. He had to limp off the ice. He had to get reeled in like a fish at the bench. It was bad. He'll be out a minimum of four weeks with this thing. A disaster. The Maple Leafs just, they just can't get right this year. And that is not all that went wrong on Saturday night. And you know what? I bet I could just say, I could just say, Don Cherry said, and then I would not finish my sentence, and you could probably fill in the rest, wouldn't you? 85-year-old ass Don Cherry on Coach's Corner went off about how you people, you know exactly who he's talking about, don't wear poppies and how immigrants come here and love our way of life. He called it milk and honey. But they don't want to show respect with poppies. And then Ron McLean did a little nod and did a thumbs up. And it was garbage. And it caused no shortage of statements from around the league. The NHL said the comments were offensive. Hockey Canada said they do not stand by the comments. CBC apologized. Sportsnet apologized. Even Ron McLean himself opened up his Sunday show, Hometown Hockey, by apologizing for not catching it and not stopping it. A whole wave of apologies and standing after the comments and denouncing this came from all over. Except, of course... From Don Cherry, who did an interview with the Toronto Sun, of course, and didn't offer anything close to an apology. Not that we should expect one, I guess. I mean, this is who Grapes is. This is what he's always been. And those who love him, love him for this exact reason. The thing that I take umbrage with is this idea that Don Cherry speaks for all Canadians or he represents Canadiana whenever he opens his mouth. The truth is he does an intermission show about hockey during hockey games. And even then, his insights into the game have been outdated for like a whole generation now. There was maybe some public outcry this summer when it was rumored maybe his time in the broadcast studio was coming to the end. But the time has come for the powers to be to decide if the viewers missing his antics are outweighed 
by the multiple times per year they have to apologize for what he has to say. The Marner list Leafs then went to Chicago, uh, and backup goalie Michael Hutchinson got left out to dry what else was new, giving up a bunch of early goals, and they did not have enough to get back into it. It was a 5-4 loss to the Blackhawks, who I should mention are 6-7-4 to start the year. All in all, a really rough weekend for the Maple Leafs and the Maple Leafs' surrounding properties. It does not get any easier during the week. They have a road game on Wednesday against the New York Islanders, who are red hot to start the year. That isn't even mentioning the highly emotional game, of course, because of John Tavares. The Snakes should be out. And that's not enough. After that, there's a back-to-back Friday and Saturday against the Boston Bruins of all teams, leading the division, and then the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sidney Crosby always brings it against the Leafs. Not an easy week. And finally, Toronto FC's storybook run to the MLS Cup finally ended, and it ended in flames. They controlled play for a lot of the first half, but the Seattle Sounders broke through on an own goal in the second half and added two more for good measure. Toronto FC loses 3-1. In the MLS Cup Final, Josie Altidore did come on as a late sub. They called it a miracle. And he scored a goal, but it was not nearly enough. The Cinderella run for TFC, who were a mid-table club, it should be noticed, uh, to close the year. And then beat the top two teams in the Eastern Conference to make the final. Again, good things, but uh, not enough to capture their second MLS Cup. And that is all for today's show. A very, very busy weekend in sports. But now... Feel free to start your week. And just a programming note, I'll be out of town the next two days. So the next But First Sports that comes your way will do so on Thursday morning, just in time for a pair of midweek games for the Raptors and the Maple Leafs. I am sure there will be plenty to talk about when the time comes. But until that time, have a great time and enjoy your Monday. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.